Rundown Wrestling Podcast, episode 329. I am your co-host, Troy, and with me as always is the other co-host, Jason. Yeah, I feel like I need to take a, a week off or something. I'm like the only one that's here every single week. It's it's it's, it's taxing. You are Iron Man. I, I do think so, yeah. So, we've got uh, um, some things to talk about. I was going to say a lot to talk about, but we don't really have that much to talk about. Certainly not um, from SmackDown, because that was one of the worst episodes of SmackDown I can remember in modern times. Yeah, that's that's true. This We're getting into Royal Rumble time, so obviously a lot of the storylines are going to get kind of, you know, that we're going to try to create some storylines so that we've got certain spots to do in the Rumble. Um, but mainly it's going to be oh, who's going to be in the Rumble, who's going to be in the Rumble. And since we've got two, fucking two of them this year, yeah. we're going to have a lot of fucking... Well, Focal point of that. Yeah, all that, plus we're planning for the Raw 25th anniversary show on Monday, so... Right, exactly. All right. <sighs> I know there's one topic we're going to talk about, and I'm sure you're going to bring it up because it was missing a certain individual that is maybe the namesake of something on the show. Um, I'm referring to, of course... The Perfect Ten. The Perfect Ten. A ten. A ten. A fucking ten. That's because the U.S. title tournament that Ty Dillinger couldn't get a sniff out of. <laughs> well, he was in it. He was in it. He didn't get very far. Uh, you know, he suffered the same fate as, as, you know, your boy Xavier Woods. Yeah, well, Xavier Woods was like, they're like, oh, we don't have anybody else. I guess throw the fucking New Day guy in there. <laughs> so, of course... You know, the, the U.S. title tournament, we're all gearing up for it to, you know, conclude <laughs> in the coming weeks here. And nope, now, now they're telling me that uh, we're going to we're going to set our final on SmackDown. OK, all right. Well, the final's been set, so I guess we're going to do it. Ne- nope. Or, I guess we're going to do it today. All right. Well, so <laughs> the U.S. What? title tournament. And that's why it reminded me of that uh, of that scene in Spaceballs where it's like, no, 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 light speed's not fast enough. Light speed, l- ludicrous speed. Like <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what they did with this tournament. It was like, yeah. okay, we're gonna have the finals at the rump. Nope. The first round took three weeks, for the record. Mm-hmm. Then we got the second round of the championship round on the same week. I, impromptu. Yeah, yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense. It also didn't make a lot of sense considering that then you're having guys pull double duty and. 
doesn't seem very fair, but it didn't seem to matter. (laughs) See, it actually makes sense to me, and that's the sick part of it. Um, It did make for one of the worst episodes of SmackDown, as I said earlier. You had literally 25% of the show was Jinder Mahal wrestling. Yeah. Which is never a winning formula, let's be honest. Um, The match with Woods that he had was... Barely passable. Uh, Woods pretty much good job out in that match. There was not a whole lot of offense going on there. Um, Jinder kind of just owned him. Um, the match was nothing special, nothing great, nothing noteworthy. Just another sort of dull Jinder Mahal vehicle to get him to the championship round. So. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that um, Jinder... This was definitely the Keep Gender Strong show, too. Because even the championship match between uh, Player 1 Blue and Player 2 Blue <sighs> turned into Gender turned into doing 95% of the offense, and then Bobby Roode sneaking out a win against him. Well, that sort of made sense because they were telling the story of Roode having injured his ribs earlier on in his match with Mojo, which I will say was not as bad as I expected it to be. I thought that match was actually pretty decent um and then we went back to another jinder mahal match which sort of killed any momentum bobby Roode had at that point um yeah it was the whole thing was just really weird it's like okay we're gonna have the we're gonna have the championship match next week okay cool well why don't we just do it now now the guy who's got injured ribs the face is challenging let's do it right now not the smartest move but okay fine i get it he's the face he wants to look strong fine cool then Jinder does his typical heel shit where it's like, no, no, we're not going to do it this week. You want to see it this mm-hmm. week? No, no. Which should have been where it left off, except then Daniel Bryan comes out looking like he represents the Lollipop Guild standing next to Jinder Mahal. Um, and then it's like, oh, no, we're going to do it this week. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to do it this week. And then, as we mentioned, Bobby Roode goes on to win, which did sort of make sense to me in, in the grand scheme of things, because now I think what you do is... Next week, we probably see the return of Dolph Ziggler to say he's the rightful champion to set up the match at the Rumble. So I think that's why we sort of expedited this whole thing was to get there and give him time to set that up. Yeah, I I, I get that. Um, personally, you know, I, I like tournament stuff and, and having having a tournament be all in one day to me is kind of more entertaining than sparsing it out for, you know, 12 weeks. Yeah. And, but uh, you know, with this, yeah, it it is what it is. I was I was happy to see that you know, um, WWE is is focusing on these young guys, these these super young talents, and and you know, getting some championship belts on them. Mm-hmm. You know, where you know both of your singles champions are in their forties. But you know, hey, <laughs> uh, good for Bobby Roode. Um, and and the only issue is, of course, is that do we really want to see Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler? No, and that was sort of the next yeah. part of that <laughs> equation because that feud has really done nothing. I'm not I, look. I like Ziggler. That's the weird part is I, th- I, I I'm a fan of his as a worker. Um, I think he's slightly overrated. People compare him to Shawn Michaels, and he's nowhere in the yeah. Shawn Michaels class. He's not very good on the mic, um, <clears throat> but he can put on a, a very entertaining match at times. He's just not consistently doing it. Um, but that said, this new thing with the no music, et cetera, et cetera, is just a bunch of horse shit, and it does nothing for him. Right. Yeah, and again, there was a time where Dolph was 
somebody you could put into a match and and put guys over and it would be believable and now you you put them into feuds and you're just kind of bored because yeah, you're like you're like it's it's just it's just fucking Dolph Ziggler. Like, yeah, and much to what he said on ENC is like if he's never winning any of those feuds, then he doesn't have the position to put other people over. So it's just right. another match. Yeah. So yeah. I think with this, at least he's he's you know coming off the fact that he won the championship and then proceeded to you know just just abandon it. So at least you've got that where it's like, hey, I I I won this championship, so you got to beat me to do it, but. Does it really elevate Bobby Roode if he beats Dolph Ziggler and and he's the sole U.S. champion? No, not really. Well, I'm just waiting for the uh, whole Dolph Ziggler. I never real. I never said I was giving up the title. It's like okay, so where were you for the last month when they were right. doing a tournament? You could have spoke up then. You had no access to the internet or television or nothing. Just didn't show up for work. Like okay. Personally, I think that he should probably be fired because if I no call, no showed my work. I'd be fired. Well, if they did fire him, Stephanie McMahon would just call and rehire him. So, and what would that matter? Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 does anyone really care if he goes to Raw? Well, that's, that's just, but, but that's Stephanie's new gimmick. Like when people fire somebody, she just calls on the phone and rehires them. Holy shit! Stephanie's the TNA of WWE. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because she doesn't put the belt immediately on somebody who jumps from the other company. I guess you're right. Well, no, Jason Jordan's got got those tag team belts pretty quickly. Yeah, but he didn't jump from another company. He jumped from SmackDown. Yes, if we're totally, about- totally different company that advertises each other's papers. I said, I said that she's the TNA of WWE, meaning she grabs all of SmackDown scraps. She shows off her TNA. That's true. That's true. And and a lovely, lovely set of TNA she has. Um, but taking a turn for the worst here, and speaking of TNA, still. We got some some real bad news to talk about. Um, I noticed that fifty percent of the perfect ten is not really good stuff. So <laughs> it was, uh, it was but, a tough week in the world of wrestling, right? It, it was. It really was. Um, we got reports that the injury Actually, that so Paige. I'm going to edit on the fly just to pull a little uh, little thing. Okay. On you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you right. talk? I'll I'll do it while you do that. All right. So we we heard some bad news that the injury that Paige suffered before Christmas. Um, where Sasha Banks uh, drop-kicked her and it seemed to kind of give her some whiplash, is actually going to be career-ending, at least in terms of, of her WWE career, as Paige has been advised not to not to wrestle anymore by WWE doctors. Well... We'll see. No, Paige uh, was already advised not to wrestle by her doctor. Yeah. And then the WWE doctors, who won't clear Daniel Bryan, who's been cleared by a ton of independent physicians, they, the WWE goes, yeah, it looks, looks legit, you look good, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's just a ton of different amounts of tragedies to this story when you get to it. You're talking about a 24-year-old woman 25. at the peak, 25, I apologize, uh, coming back with a great story. She sort of turned her life around after that train wreck she had with Alberto. Um, she's got her shit together. She comes back. She's riding one of the best waves of her career, leading a group. Uh, and then this happens, and it's just a freak accident. And here's the other part is I've seen online some people just bashing Sasha for this. Um, look, it's a move. It's a move that yeah. happens all the time. It's not. If it wasn't that, 
it would have been something else. If right. it, if that's <clears throat> if that light of a move caused that type of injury, wait till she took a DDT or a suplex or yeah. it would have been something. Um, I will say whoever was the agent that put that match together, maybe the girl coming back off the you know, year off for neck surgery probably shouldn't be taking stiff kicks to the back of the neck. Maybe you want to work that as a spot for Mandy or Sonya. Um, yeah. So well, we, what's what's more, you know, we we keep talk keep going back to it. Why the fuck is somebody who just came back from a, a, a potential career-ending injury wrestling at a fucking house show? Well, I, to, to be fair, Troy, they put her in a six-person tag for that very reason to sort of t- allow her to sort of ease back in. Yeah. I get that, but I just I just think the majority of the injuries that seem to happen in WWE nowadays are done at house shows. You know, the the, the last injury that I can remember happening on on TV was you know the, the last big one I guess would be the Neville one. Mm-hmm. But the majority of them seem to happen at these house shows because you're overworking your guys, and there are certain guys that you uh, should probably not ha- not have show up and wrestle every fucking house show. I, I don't know that that's fair. I think we see plenty. I mean, we. Uh, Finn Balor tore his shoulder at a pay-per-view. Big Cass tore his ACL at Raw. You talked about Neville. I think we see plenty of injuries on TV. But you're also talking about they do far more house shows than they do TV events. There's you know two, three house shows a week and one TV show. So, yeah, they, they it's probably just from a... I don't think it's fair to blame the house shows for this. Fair enough. But uh, back to Paige, obviously this is just heartbreaking, and uh, as a big fan of hers, I'm, I'm sad to see this, this kind of end this way. Um, you know, she seems fairly optimistic and maybe holding out for a miracle, and you wonder if maybe she ends up sort of in that Daniel Bryan camp of if I'll wait till my contract's up and I'll go wrestle on the indies. I certainly hope that's not the case just from a well-being standpoint. Um, if what we saw caused her to collapse and lose feeling i don't know that i want to see this girl you know potentially risk paralysis to pursue a career on the indies where the rings aren't as soft or as good or as regulated as they are in the wwe Um, well you've also got got the thing with you know if she goes to the indies you've got workers who are are not trained in taking care of, of of each other as much you know and and you have far more chances of injury not to mention the fact that bookers have to be a little bit afraid because, you know, do you bring this chick in and potentially have her get paralyzed in there? You know, do you put a title on her knowing that there's probably going to be some dude coming on it? I I don't know, man. You know, I'd be I'd be a little bit concerned with, you know, with bringing in, you know. Well, I mean, her family runs a promotion, so, I mean, there's certainly. Oh, uh, yeah, she and, would and, definitely be wrestling there. But, yeah, yeah, and they would protect her, I would imagine. Uh, in terms of the the guy, the quality of the opponents, uh, when she goes to an indie show, she's going to have free reign over who she works. If they don't, if she doesn't like the person or doesn't trust the person she's working with, they'll find her somebody to work with. You know. Well, I'm sure she could hook up with Tennille. <laughs> Which, yeah. by the way, great idea for a porno. And who wouldn't like a taste of Tennille? Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of incredibly attractive women. We got a couple. We we've got uh, one person in particular, and then a couple other ones that we hear have been signed by WWE. The first lady that I want to talk about is Johnny Gargano's wife, right? Wife. Yes. Yes. 
Candice LeRae, who we saw at the uh, the Mae Young Classic, mm-hmm. has in fact been signed by WWE. Yep. We'll be reporting to the Performance Center and most Tuesday. like Tuesday. Okay, they, they reported this past Tuesday. All the new stuff. Yeah. Um, will I would see her most likely? I would see all of these people actually most likely as as NXT bound. Um, on top of that, we heard that Ricochet mm-hmm. has also been signed. Um, I also heard reports that Prince Puma has joined El Generico in uh, <laughs> taking care of some some orphans. Mexican orphanage, yes. Yep, Mexican orphanage. Yep. Um, and uh, and the last member of our our new class, former BCW Tag Team Champions War Machine, were also signed by WWE. Uh, incredibly great great tag team Roman Roman. Wow, Raymond Rowe <laughs> and Warbeard Warbeard Hansen. I'm already mm-hmm. drunk. Uh, collectively known as War Machine, former ROH champions or Tag Team champions, uh, my my pick for Tag Team of the Year. Um, this is these are these are the the, the big name guys that um, you know we were we were hoping to hear come in. Obviously, Ricochet has been one of those ones where it was just a matter of time before he signed because he was waiting on his contract. Um, you know, WWE grabbing War Machine is going to be great strength for giving. You know the NXT brand, another awesome tag team, which they've been severely lacking lately. And obviously, Candice is an all-around great worker. You know, has worked men and women, and uh, and will be another one of the of the great members of the the NXT women. Uh, so uh, I know you for sure have some some opinions on on these four different people. So go ahead. Uh, well, first off, I, I've mentioned on the show before, I, I've known Todd uh, Warbeard Hansen for quite a long time. I, I've worked with him. I've, run announced, I've announced his first ever professional match. Um, I, I was there when he was training. I, I, I'm so incredibly proud, so incredibly happy for this young man. This is to, to see somebody literally come from the beginning and, and achieve a dream that they've had their entire lives. Uh, even just watching it from the outside is is really just a truly fulfilling uh, experience, and I'm incredibly happy for Todd and incredibly proud of him. Uh, I posted something on Facebook today. Uh, looking through my feed over the last couple of days, it's just nothing but congratulations and happiness and joy uh, at him getting this opportunity. And in a business like wrestling where it's very cutthroat, very dog-eat-dog, uh, to see that tells you a lot about the quality of Todd as a human being uh, and the fact that there's just not a bad word to be said about the guy. Uh, so good on him, and, and that's my personal connection, so I, I'm gushing a little bit, I guess, and I apologize for that. Uh, Roe is a tremendous word. As a tag team, those guys are excellent. Um, and of these four major signings, I think they are my best best bet to have an impact on the main roster at some point just because i think their size will dictate that their ability um to set themselves apart they are they are constantly changing and evolving and tweaking their characters and i think that's going to serve them well um ricochet obviously incredibly talented um there's pretty much literally nothing that the guy can't do in a wrestling ring um he's he's not one of your um Young Bucks style of high offense flippy guys. I mean, he does the flippy offense for sure, but he can sell his ass off too. He can tell a story. He can. He has psychology. He's a, he's 
a true worker, and I'm excited to see him get the opportunity. I only, my only concern, my hope, I guess, is that he gets more of the Finn Balor treatment, where the fact that he's cruiserweight size sort of gets overlooked uh, in lieu of his talent. And I'm hoping that's the case. I just have fears he's going to be pigeonholed into that 205 Live group and sort of be made the flag bearer of that, uh, which may, you know, maybe he can help elevate it. I don't know, but it certainly isn't a, for, a formula for success from what we've seen so far. Um, and Candice LeRae, uh, one of one of the coolest things I saw was Johnny Gargano on his Twitter said, you know, first off, I mean, I'm incredibly proud of my wife. But I'm also really happy for my favorite wrestler, Candice LeRae. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just a really nice sentiment by by Johnny Gargano, who continues to be one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter, because the guy just seems way too nice for the wrestling business. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she's a tremendously talented worker. She's obviously works with men a lot, um, so she's she's not afraid to get in there and mix it up and and be physical. She did made a great accounting for herself in the Mae Young Classic and a couple of uh, NXT appearances. Since then, uh, she's going to be an asset to that division. Now, I don't know if she's going to be, you know, pushed to the moon in NXT. She may be one of those girls that sort of is a good hand and gets used to sort of make everyone else look good. Maybe gets a little run, but not a run with the title. They sort of have a lot of girls down in NXT that they want to push at the same time. You're talking Kyrie Sane. You're talking uh, Shayna Baszler. You're talking, obviously, you just put the title on Ember Moon. You've got the iconic girls still floating around if they're not getting called up. I mean, there's Nikki Cross is down there. Now you're adding Candice LeRae. Uh, also in this class, which we didn't mention, Kavita Devi, who is uh, from India. Very impressive uh, performance in the Mae Young Classic herself. So there's a lot of influx of talented females in NXT right now. Uh, some will get called up. Some will be a part of the Rumble. And this is after we just did a big house cleaning between the Absolution Girls and the Riot Squad. So... It could be very easy for Candace to get lost in the shuffle down there, and I just hope that's not the case. Right. You kind of look at her as as somebody who, you know, could easily turn into like uh, Carmella or Alexa Bliss in NXT, where they're kind of just uh, an afterthought <clears throat> or or just used sparingly. Um, but I think that her talent will win out, and she'll at least get. Yeah, she'll, she'll at least get a, a nice little run on on the show there, and I'm of course I'm I'm excited to see see her because I I watched her a lot of the indies, you know, her and the and Joey Ryan tag teaming up as the world's cutest tag team, yeah. Um, and her, obviously her work in the Mayan Classic has been great. Um, you know, like I said, with with uh with War Machine, they're big physical dudes. Uh, with Ricochet, you know, he's it, for anyone who's not familiar with Ricochet, he's he's sort of like Neville. Where he does a lot of, like you said, does a lot of the flippy shit, but he also does. He's a, he's an all around really good wrestler. So right. uh, he's not gonna go out there and just you know flip all the way around the fucking room and and not sell anything. I mean, the guy could sell. Yeah. So yeah, um, several several very key additions and potentially. Sorry, I think the uh, the one thing we didn't mention about Ricochet. Uh, is he also has a tremendous ability to work with guys bigger than him too, which is also always a great uh, selling point for smaller guys to be able to sort of hang in there and and put on good matches with guys who are you know double your size. I think that's a big big plus for him. Yeah, you look at uh, you know you can look at his work rate in Lucha Underground, you know fighting guys like uh, Johnny Mundo, 
and you know a lot, a lot of yep a lot of the guys there who are varying sizes varying you know styles everything like that and he just meshed well with all of them mm-hmm. so uh, i i i'm with you i hope he's not thrown into the 205 live pile i hope that he is you know kind of given a, a a little bit better spot more like of a you know you look at andrade cena cian almos who is to you know 205 pounds and less but he's the NXT champion right now. I'd look at something like that as a potential for him. Yeah. Like I said, I so, think the ceiling for him is, is a Finn Balor type run. Right. Mm. I think that's what you're looking for. Uh, and and the other fun part for uh, War Machine is they get they, they leave New Japan, uh, which means they don't have to deal with Michael Elgin anymore. And if you don't hey, know there you go. if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, just Google War Machine and Michael Elgin and you'll find out. I thought the guy was blacklisted. <laughs> he's not very popular amongst his coworkers. No, he's not. Um, so uh, I, I, I suspect that that's not going to be the only additions that we, we're going to hear coming from WWE because another company had a couple of key departures. Yes. So uh, you wrote it as TNA because that's what they'll always be known as. Yes. But Impact Wrestling right. uh, went through a little bit of a changing of the guard here. Cleaning up, as, the house, cleaning up house, if you will, really. Yeah. Right. Um, they they used kind of their new top guy in Brian Cage to maybe shuffle off some of the, some of their talent, but uh, their money in the skank ripoff um, Feaster fired saw the release of EC3. Um, so obviously somebody that WWE is going to have on the radar, considering that he was in their system, was released, made a name for himself in Impact. Um, and you know has has kind of evolved as a worker. Yeah, became a top guy down there. Really elevated himself. Yeah. Um, he's he's definitely a, a potential to rejoin WWE. Um, we found out that uh, even though his contract runs through February first, Bobby Lashley is most likely not going to renew his contract and be a free agent. Um, that's another individual who is potentially WWE bound. Um, they also. It appears are going to be losing uh, Chelsea Green, Zack Ryder's girlfriend, Laurel Van Ness, mm-hmm. as she dropped the title and then proceeded to lose every single fucking match that she had booked for the tapings. Yeah, she also announced she's she's done with the company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, oh, shit, what's his fucking name? Chris Adonis, better yes. known as, as Chris Masters in WWE, mm-hmm. also has left the company, but I highly doubt that he's returning to WWE. No, and this also comes on the heels uh, a couple weeks ago of James Storm's departure as well. So another big name from the history of Impact sort of wiped off the map. Um, they did have some interesting debuts and appearances as well. Uh, you mentioned Brian Cage, obviously another guy who's really forged a reputation in the United States on Lucha Underground. Um, very talented guy. Looking forward to seeing him get sort of a platform to do that. Uh, they did bring in another, I think you mentioned it last week as a spoiler, uh, another former <laughs> WWE superstar who achieved a relatively quick uh, rise to the top of that company, if you will. I don't want to spoil too much. I think it's this week's episode. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled again, Fast forward a couple seconds, but yes, are you with us? If you're with us, now, well, now you're screwed if you're with us, because Austin Aries is the new Impact Heavyweight Champion. Uh, having, so, But wait, there's more! Uh, and this is... <laughs> wait, you forgot. He's not... Oh, yeah, if you if you, if you don't want to be spoiled, you know, hit that, that plus 30 seconds. He's also their fucking 
what is it, global? Grand, grand champion now. Grand champion as well. So just keep fucking throwing titles at this asshole. The grand championship, which was uh, held by Matt Seidel, spoiler alert again, um, who subsequently gave the title to Josh Matthews, the announcer. Because yeah. TNA going to TNA. That's I don't right. care what the name is, they're still going <laughs> TNA. Um, <laughs> including last month putting the title, the, the last tapings putting the women's championship on a girl who asked for her release. Um, they did bring back Taya Valkyrie, so that's nice. They're going to continue her program with Rosemary, apparently, and that's that should be good. Um, I'm a huge fan of Rosemary, and I would love to see her get a run down in NXT or even WWE some, at some point. I think you look at women who have the ability to set, her, set themselves apart. Uh, what she's done, what Courtney Rush has done with this Rosemary character is phenomenal. Um, and then we also saw the, the – well – for those of you who want, we also saw Eddie Edwards almost die because uh, apparently Sammy Callahan missed a spot and hit him in the fucking face, shoot style with a baseball bat. Yep. Uh, required him going to the hospital. Uh, Sienna Allison K apparently had some issues and ended up in the ER during the tapings as well. So I think she was only on one of the shows. Uh, yeah, that 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 sounded like more of a of a, a freak medical thing than an actual like injury sustained yes, during yes, yes, filming. Yes. But yes. Um, um, and, of course, after months of building up Dan Lambert and American Top Team, who I think did a phenomenal job, and Dan Lambert was amazing in his role as a heel down there, uh, they're just gone. No real explanation. Obviously, with Lashley leaving, it sort of makes sense that they're gone, but no writing them off TV, no no nothing. They're just gone, mm-hmm. uh, which was a little uneven for me. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so that happened. Um but yeah, so all in all, it was an interesting, uh, interesting weekend of tapings for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, and this is sort of the problem um, that if you're if you're a fan of Impact, this is the sort of thing that that kind of turn, turns you off when all of a sudden they go through this huge fucking exodus and bringing okay. in the news guys. It's, it's hard to kind of follow it along. If you're, if you're not like a hardcore wrestling fan, I'll, I'll, to, do, I'll do you one better, Troy. If you're a worker in impact wrestling, this is the behavior that really fucking pisses you off because right. you look at a guy like Eli Drake who came into this company with really no reputation. It was Sean Ricker in NXT. He had like a cup of coffee down there, a couple matches, not much. Mm-hmm. Uh, his biggest claim to fame is he's on the Triple H workout DVD. Um, yeah. Comes into to Impact just through sheer force of will, gets himself over with his promos, his in-ring work improves, he gets to the point where he's over enough that they put their heavyweight championship on him, and a lot of people thought it was all done uh, as a way to transition the title onto Johnny Impact. That didn't happen. They kept the title on Eli Drake as sort of a show of faith that, hey, we trust that you can be the guy at the top of the food chain for us, you can be that guy to lead us, and then mm. the second Austin Aries says, yeah, I'll show up, they put the fucking title on him. And this is not new behavior for Impact. The second Rob Van Dam shows up, AJ Styles, you're no longer the champion. This is the shit they've done. The second Alberto shows up, we put yep. the title on him. This is what they do. It's what they've R-Truth. always done. Yeah. it's the Well, R-Truth was already there and working uh, with the three live crew and stuff before they made him champion. So that's a little bit different. But... Um, this is just the formula they use, and I think it's part of the reason they're always seen. 
Rather than keeping the titles and the focal point on the stars they develop, the second the WWE star jumps ship or a guy with some name recognition jumps ship, they put him to the top of the card and push their own guys down. And don't think that shit like that doesn't affect a guy like EC3 and doesn't impact his decision to want to move on. Uh, I'm sure money played a big role in it, too, but... Uh, if you're a guy who said, I felt like I carried this company for months and months, and then this, the brand new flavor from WWE comes in and I get kicked to the curb, well, fuck you then. I'll just go to right. WWE. And I mean, then, that's why that's why you've got some of these guys like Styles, Samoa Joe, Magnus, Bobby Roode, guys that, yeah, that were, that put themselves out on the line. You AJ know, Styles, a, yeah. Yeah, first first time that they were, you know, they were on TV was TNA. Mm-hmm. They put their, you know, their blood, sweat, and tears into it, but then would quickly get passed up. Or oh, well, Scott Steiner just signed, so uh, we're gonna focus on him. And and Bobby, you can go back to, you know, doing nothing. Christopher Daniels, Vanky Kazarian, another great example. Eric Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of them, and guess and look where most of them will have wound up now. You know, to the point where they're just like, you know, fuck you. You know, I I did all of this. You know, I I got myself over by myself. Nobody nobody knew who the fuck I was before I came in here. Y- you know, and and then you turned around and you're like, no, nope, we're gonna go with Christian. We're gonna we're gonna make him champion. I I'm a Christian Mark, but I I will say, Christian lost won the title from Jeff Jarrett, so it wasn't exactly like it was a young well, up and comer yeah. who they were trying to build up. And I think Christian really elevated that company. Uh, as well as himself at the same time. He added some credibility and legitimacy to that company that it didn't have at the time. Uh, Also, we didn't mention, but uh, Mrs. Rich Swan also debuted for Impact at this tapings, which is interesting only in the juxtaposition of the fact that Rich Swan may be looking for work soon. So Maybe he can join her down there. Yeah, we'll see. I I wouldn't advise that at all. Don't, (laughs) don't, Don't hire the guy who beat his wife. Well, you know, for his part, they'll probably put the world title on him. So, Yeah, that's true. That's true. <sighs> Speaking of guys who get arrested for doing shit while they're fucked up. See, I had a different segue, but sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you can have yours too then. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, I'm drunk, but I wasn't as drunk as Jey Uso was this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so reports surfaced. Apparently, Jey Uso, we, the mugshots were released. He was arrested in Laredo, Texas, I believe it was. Um, for DUI, uh, obviously disappointing. They're in the middle of one of their best runs ever. He did work the house show that night, I believe, and then he was at SmackDown, obviously, in just an interview capacity uh, this past week. But uh, certainly bodes well, I would think, for the chances of Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable at the Royal Rumble in that two out of three falls match. Right. You, You look at it that way, you look at the fact that um, you know, his actions obviously have repercussions toward, towards his brother. Uh, but also this is a guy who we know is a recovering alcoholic. Um, so for him to fall off the wagon and then to do it so publicly as well uh, is, is a real shame. But hopefully, you know, he's able to get the help that he needs because uh, that's not good, man. I mean, to, to be drinking and driving, uh, it, you know, your life could be over in a second there well, or I- somebody else's could be. Yeah, and I haven't heard anything. I don't know if Jimmy was in the car with him or John, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I don't know if they were in the car or if he was in the car with them. I don't know what the scenario was. Um, but you made an interesting point. The guy is in a recovering alcoholic, and I think a lot of times people forget that that is an everyday thing. That's not, a, oh, I haven't had a drink in three months. I'm, I'm cured. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. Uh, so it's a constant battle, and to be on the road and 
be around the excess these guys sometimes are and it's tough to it's a tough lifestyle to maintain when you're a recovering alcoholic and you know hopefully like i said that uh this is just a bump in the road and not a complete off ramp but uh you know hopefully you can put it back together because i do think and they would my pick for team of the year i think the usos are at the top of their game their best run ever uh and i'm hoping that they get a chance to keep it rolling right and it's unfortunate because you know you you can sit there and say oh well you know you know what is he even doing driving you know but again it's the fact that you know these guys they do they they carpool together a lot of times they you know their their travel isn't really paid for unless they're you know even when they're flying so uh but it's it's it sucks because you know here's here's a guy like you said they're they're having a great run um, and to not only put himself in danger, but if there's anyone else in the car in danger, and everyone else on the road as well, um, you know, I'm, I yeah, I I drink a lot on the show, but hey, I'm sitting in my living room, you know, I'm not getting behind the, in the wheel of a car, you know, so that that's the thing too is you know I I, I know that they don't really have they're not they're not, they're not even really able to go home all that much, mm-hmm. but definitely with a guy like that. You know he needs to he needs to have that support behind him of of guys telling him like hey man you got to you got to stay on this wagon mm-hmm. you know you, you you can't be doing this shit anymore um, so hopefully hopefully it's a learning opportunity for him and uh, you know I yeah I think there's going to be a little bit of discipline from WWE but um, you know I, I hope not too much you know I, I hope that they uh, they understand hey you know he he made a mistake and hopefully they can move past it yeah. Definitely. Looking forward to uh, hopefully him getting his stuff together and, and getting back on this tremendous run they're at, and hopefully he avoids the USO penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, all right, I say we talk about. Um, yeah, I say we're going to talk about this. Uh, so the revival. <laughs> well, we've got we've got a couple things that are Rumble related, so I want to I want to lump those together. And I want to I want to end off with uh, with the return of a move of doom. So let's let's talk about this. So well, before re- we get out of here, I'm going to throw an extra monkey wrench. I want to talk a little bit about next week's uh, 25th Raw too. I think that's shaping up to be an interesting. The perfect one. eleven. Yeah, we'll make it work. All right. The revival returned on Monday Night Raw, and uh, we're standing tall, which of course makes each and every one of the hosts of the show. Think that they're going to get a clothesline from hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you go back and listen to that promo, first off, they use the words professional wrestler, which you know had to have Vince breaking out in hives in the back. Uh, God damn your sports entertainers, pal. What the hell are you talking about? Um, but then they, they took shots at the legends like Stone Cold and, you know, you know, wrestling's not about beer baths and et cetera, et cetera. So this just, and I, I mentioned it in our host thread, it just reeked to me of, was it the Raw 1000, I think, maybe? Yes. Uh, where the Ascension had been leading into it, talking about the New Age Outlaws and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then I think they ended up getting beat down by, like, Lita and shit. And it was just, the APA came out. It was They basically just buried the Ascension in one segment, and they've never been able to recover from that. Oh, they're doing uh, great now. Yeah, they're they're Brizongo's butt buddies. Um, but they're, they still have a job. They have a job, and they're on. <laughs> well, they're now they're on WWE.com because they don't even get the TV show for the Fashion Files anymore. But um, 
this is reeking to me and setting up to me to be another one of those types of segments. And I'm, as a huge fan of the revival, I really, really want to be wrong about this. Right. You, you look at, that should be a spot that Heath Slater and Rhino should be in. Yeah. Uh, and they're available. But instead, yeah, it definitely, <laughs> but there are faces, so you don't want to beat the fuck out of faces. So yeah, it definitely felt like, well, we're, we're using the club right now and their kind of faces as well. Who else do we have that we can have all the legends, you know, um, be stiff on? Oh, I got it. The fucking revival. So let's see. What's going to happen to the revival? One of them is going to take a JBL close-in from hell. One of them is most likely going to take Sako. Um, what else we got there? Uh, somebody's going to get a Dominator from Farouk. Damn! Uh, <laughs> we're definitely going to see a, a Hurricane Rana from Lita. Maybe some, uh, maybe a, a chick kick from Trish Stratus or the tr- what? What? What was hers? No, that's Mickey James. What was Trish Stratus's? No, Mickey James was the Mick kick. Trish. Oh yes. Chick kick. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna see that definitely. If you have to get a move, the fire, the you know, flying fire crotch to the face is not the worst move you could take from a legend, I suppose. True. Very true. And you know, hey, I mean, there are worse things to happen. Uh, like, you know, having to take offense from a decrepit fucking, you know, uh, homosexual molester in JBL. So, <laughs> okay, so here's the one thing I will say. If this works out to where they do a match and sort of a beatdown of the New Age Outlaws, I would be totally on board for that because I think that would absolutely elevate them. Um, and if that's the route they go, then I think that's great for the Ascension, the, <laughs> the revival. Oh. Um, and I would be a hundred percent behind an idea like that. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. No. Also, um, we're not going to see the New Age Outlaws because Billy Gunn was fired. So I believe he was advertised to be on the show. Is he really? I think so. But he took steroids. Hey, but he wasn't wrestling at the time. That's true. <laughs> but he was fired for that. Yes. So. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure. That, I'm sure they have no problem being like, "Yeah, sure, you can come back." Yeah, I didn't get that either because it's like he's not an active wrestler. Who's who? Fuck cares if he if he took you know took steroids while he was bodybuilding? Right. He was he was a trainer down in NXT. I guess the only stigma being you know, well maybe he's feeding them to the trainees. You know, I don't know. If that's what the thought right. process was. But um, interesting also to note that. Uh, they did not advertise Trish for the show on Raw when they were running through all the people who would be appearing, and then they just kind of threw her in as an extra when they mentioned it on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah. oh yeah, and Trish is going to be there too. It's almost yeah. like they forgot to mention that Trish that's, was going to be there. That's totally possible that they did forget to mention now, it. Do we think that perhaps Trish or Lita or one of the other females from the past that's returning... Uh, uses this as a platform to declare for the Royal Rumble. 100%. Okay. I, I 100% think that, yes, that one of them will be a, a surprise, and the other one will be announced at, at the Raw 25. Okay. So, but we'll see. Maybe they both will be, because WWE doesn't care about, you know, surprising you. Well, since we've sort of uh, segued this into the Raw 25 anyway, let's just... I wanted to talk about that a little bit anyway. Let's just rattle off while we're on the thing. Uh, this is shaping up to me to be a hell of a show. Uh, 
first off, you've you've got the the old school mark in me by the fact that they're doing half the show from the Manhattan Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is raw to me in my youth. That's exactly the venue. I, if I had my way, if I was running the company. I understand there's not a lot of money to be made there. Raw would still be there every week. I think that, to me, is Monday Night Raw when I think of Monday Night Raw. Um, They're using the classic set from what I've heard. Uh, Just some of the names, guys, you wouldn't have thought. Chris fucking Jericho, two weeks out of Wrestle Kingdom, is appearing on this 20... That, to me, is pretty big news. He's still in the program now in New Japan. He's going to head for another match there. Uh, but in between, he's going to show up on WWE. That's that's sort of a big story to me. That's sort of going un, un, unmentioned, really. Um, like we've talked about Trish and Lita, uh, with Molly Holly and and Michelle McCool. Like all the old divas seem to be ready to return for this show. Mm-hmm. Which again, given the context of the Women's Royal Rumble, makes that interesting. Brother fucking love is coming back. Um, just like the, the, they're doing a great job, but you, again, you wonder so much how much of the current talent sort of gets lost in the shuffle with all these, you know, legends that you're bringing back. I'm sure there'll be some segments that have a bunch of them that go pretty quick and they'll bang through it, but, uh, it does send, t- seem to lend itself, uh, to some guys who maybe aren't as high on the card being lost in the shuffle a little bit. And then add to that, we've got what I think has been a pretty well-built match between The Miz and Roman Reigns for the IC title that I'm excited to see. Which I I 100% think The Miz is winning that title back. I think so, too. Yeah. But, you know, more on that next week when we recap it. Uh, So I guess we can go ahead and talk about uh, the two big news that we got, the news items that we got for the Rumble. The fuck is that? Huh? Did you see that? No, what? Adam just popped on to the Google Doc sheet while we're in the middle of recording the show. Not on the show, by the way. Weird. And edited something and then left. Edited something? Uh-oh. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll see where Johnny Analog shows up today. Yeah, this is, this uh, is behind-the-scenes stuff. Sorry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, so big news item. Uh, we lost yet another Royal Rumble competitor as Samoa Joe uh, is not going to be able to be cleared by the Rumble uh, due to a foot injury that he suffered on Raw last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, it was a match Joe, with Roman, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, Joe did a fantastic job of making you not realize that he was injured at all during that match. Yeah. Because if you go back and watch it, you have no fucking clue what had happened. Yeah. But well, we were all like, what the fuck? He's yeah. hurt? Like. Yeah, but he did tear tear his uh, plantar fasciitis. Fascia, yeah. Fascia, yeah. Plantar fascia and in, in his foot uh, is going to be out for at least probably a month, maybe maybe more, depending on how long it takes Which, him to, to heal yeah. up. We've all yeah. pulled a muscle, tried tearing a muscle, and tried doing it in a place where you absolutely can't not move. Yeah, try doing it as a wrestler where you have to to walk down a fucking ramp to start your your right. your, your stay. That's for for uh, NFL players that's a season ending injury. Yeah. Yeah. So uh just another another just unfortunate timing on, on an injury for a guy who would seem like they had some plans for for WrestleMania. We don't know if he's gonna be out for WrestleMania or not yet. Well um, not, but Well go ahead. Sorry. But it, it seems like with the injury He's going to join Dean Ambrose as a guy missing a big payday there. Well, and it looked like we were heading up, we were setting up that Joe versus Cena sort of feud and storyline uh, was where we were headed, and I was really looking forward to seeing that because there is a lot of history there they could pull from. Um, but here's my concern, Troy, and we talk about this in the past with some other people. 
I start to get worried at this point that maybe Vince loses faith in Joe because he's now on his, I think, his third major injury since his call-up and, and his missing extended time. Right, and that's the, that's the same same thing that we have with the revival right now. Right, is we're very worried because of the fact that they've had so many injuries. You know, we just had we just had Emma get released because of repeated injuries, mm-hmm. and now you've got here's here's another guy who and we've seen sort of the de pushing of Sasha too. Yeah, because because of her injuries too, and and it's one of those things. You know, nobody nobody is in the the term injury prone is such a misnomer because more along the lines of it's just bad luck you know um yes there are some people that maybe don't take care of themselves as well but you know for sure these people they just they, they just are getting bad luck at it i mean you know Samoa joe is a guy who i mean injured a motherfucker his first night in the company yeah. but then yeah he he turns around here and you know yes yes he's a bigger guy which obviously you know always kind of kind of adds to the the sustain the 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 chance of you getting injured when you're a bigger guy like that. But yeah, it's, it sucks because this is a guy that they, this is like the second time now that they've really tried to push him and injuries have just kind of derailed his push. So yeah, it's, it's a bummer because as a huge fan of Joe, you know, obviously I want to see him on that big stage doing big things. Um, I was convinced he was going to get that IC title off of uh, Roman Reigns. So when that didn't happen, you know, obviously that's a letdown, but even if it had, he would have had to lose it anyway because of the injury. So yeah, go ahead and finish that. There you go. All right, and the other bit of strange news coming to the Rumble, we got some Vegas odds released, and uh, Jason, you are the one who uh, who brought this to our attention. So go ahead and and tell us. Who's one of the favorites to win the Rumble this year? Yeah, an interesting turn of events. And this was not originally the case. It just sort of shifted this past week. But the current, well, he's not the favorite. The favorite, and I don't want to, again, in case anybody doesn't want to be spoiled, I, we should probably just make this the fucking episode. Don't listen if you want, don't want to be spoiled because <laughs> we're doing it a lot. Uh, so skip ahead if you don't want to be spoiled. But the current favorite overall to win is Shinsuke Nakamura, which, of course, would make sense because he would then sort of face off with AJ Styles in a match I think a lot of people have suggested could be a WrestleMania match for the championship. But uh, coming on the heels of that, we have the newest uh, sort of guy to jump up to the top of the favorites to win the Rumble list. As this week, Daniel Bryan moved into a spot to be a 10-to-1 favorite. Um, now, obviously, the, the smart money, the money from the people in the know, doesn't typically come in until right before the event. That's when you really start to see the these are the guys who are definitely going to win, uh, and they've been better about sort of keeping it close close to the vest lately. Um, but this is certainly interesting to me for a number of reasons. Uh, one of which being, this is the type of scenario where again, if, if you know a couple people said, oh, I think Daniel Bryan might be a surprise entrant, now, but for him to get enough action to move into a favorite spot would indicate that somebody has a pretty significant belief or reason to believe that he's going to be in that match. Yeah. So I'm just looking at some of the odds here, and, oh my gosh, it's so funny. Uh, Some of the people that are on, on these lists are rather interesting. 
Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts is a hundred to one odds of winning the Royal Rumble. Well, that's my point. Like, if if Daniel Bryan was a hundred to one, this wouldn't be a news story. Right. That's just some asshole threw a couple bucks on Daniel Bryan because what the hell? By the way, Barack Obama one thousand to one chance of winning the Royal Rumble. <laughs> but Donald Trump has a better chance of winning a seven hundred fifty to one. America, America, America. Yeah. So this one here. That I'm looking at right now, Liz Dana Bryan is 30 to 2. But yeah, um, the some of the other people, obviously Strowman, Cena, Reigns, Zakabara, and surprisingly Dolph Ziggler, which I don't know why people are so keen on, on betting on Dolph Ziggler. But hey, you know, Batista's 20 to 1 odds, so who the fuck knows? But yeah, the fact that he is so high on there, the fact that, you know, that Vegas usually doesn't. Vegas is usually pretty good about setting the odds on certain things. You know, obviously, you know, you're you're going to sit there and allow people to make bets on Barack Obama because, sure, it's fucking free money. But, yeah, the fact that, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan has such good odds kind of fuels the fire of they want more people to, to, to bet on him. So we'll, well, that, we'll see. Or though. that means somebody has laid a lot of money on him and that's forced the odds to shift. That's true, too. Yeah, that that's always true as well. And we know how marks are. <laughs> let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And well, think again, you're not... talking about, look at all the numbers that are involved there, and 30 guys and the type of money it, to, it would take to shift the line that significantly. So there, there's just a lot of smoke to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like we've said, the Rumble is kind of a perfect match for him to come back on because he doesn't have to take huge bumps in or anything like that, uh, especially if he's winning. He doesn't have to take any big bumps to the outside or anything of that. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's a match that you can kind of make him, you know, not have to do so do as much as a regular wrestling match. So, right. uh, but it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, if, if Shane O'Mac turns around and says he's entering the rumble, maybe that's what the catalyst is for, you know, Daniel Bryan to follow suit. And of course, I guess we haven't, we've sort of touched on it a little bit, but to me, I don't see anyone from Raw winning the Royal Rumble this year. And I say that only because you look at the pay-per-view after the Royal Rumble for Raw is Elimination Chamber, which would seem to make sense to determine the next number one contender for WrestleMania, if I'm you know, just reading the tea leaves a little bit. Well, there's there's two minds of that. You could look at it as, you know, you do a title match at Elimination Chamber and say, ah, whoever comes out of this as... You know, as champion is facing the Rumble winner at Admania. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Elimination Chamber seems more like if if the Elimination Chamber match is going to be for the title, then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have the have a person win the Rumble from Raw. But if it's just for number one contenders, then it definitely obviously makes no sense for it. But well, yeah, I'm thinking. We I'm also thinking know that. that, that sorry. I yeah, clearly it's 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 probably going to be a SmackDown guy again. Yeah, we also have heard reports that the. SmackDown pay-per-view prior to WrestleMania between the Royal Rumble and Mania is going to feature AJ Styles defending against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and I think someone else, um, which would indicate that there's already a number one contender for AJ's title because they're putting the belt up in that multi-person match. Right. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, things can change in an instant, but uh, it would seem to stand a reason that a SmackDown guy would win it just because of the fact that, you know, um, Otherwise, when you look at Raw, you've got to think, well, who's going to face Brock Lesnar? And there's only like three people that you could really say on Raw that 
can conceivably face Lesnar. So. Although SmackDown guy won it last year. I don't know if Vince is going to give that honor to SmackDown two years in a row. So. I don't know. You also got to remember, though, is that you know, the women's rumble is completely up in the air because sure. that that's really the one where anyone could win. So you could easily have a Raw woman win, win that one and a SmackDown man win the, well, the regular Or a Raw woman general manager. Yeah. She's a, she's she's a member of Raw. She doesn't show up on SmackDown. Uh, do they have betting odds for the Women's Royal Rumble? Let's find out. I'm curious to see that because I wonder where Stephanie ranks on the on those betting odds. Stephanie and Ronda Rousey would be the two I'd be curious to see where they rank. Let's see. All right. Fuck it. I'll we're doing check. it live, folks. You're hearing we're this. We're doing as we it live. Do. So your looks like the top people are Ronda Rousey, not a Oscar. Okay. Page. Well, that's not a good bet. Yeah, no, that's not, don't put uh, money on Page. Nia Jax and Becky Lynch. Let's see. Huh. Oh, there's Stephanie McMahon, tenth. What is she? To, she is twenty-five to one. That's not a heavy favorite, but it's it's a decent decent rate. She's. Like we said Daniel Bryan was ten to one, so. She has the same odds as Natalia, Naomi, Charlotte Flair. Why? She Why Charlotte Flair? Match. She's the champion. <laughs> Uh, Charlotte Trish, and Alexa are not in the match. Trish Stratus, okay. AJ Lee, <laughs> Beth Phoenix, Kyrie Sane, Lana, Lita, Michelle McCool. Then we're getting into like Maria Menounos, yeah. Nikki Cross, Stacey Keeler, Tori Wilson. So, but yeah, like uh, like you said, I mean she's right there. So wouldn't shock me in the least. Nope. Nope. And and it's and we've been talking for for months and months about Ronda Rousey and the Four Horsewomen and WrestleMania and Charlotte Flair. and Would it surprise anybody if we get Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania? Really? No, not at all. Not at all. So, yeah. Um, we shouldn't, but it wouldn't shock me. Uh-huh. Uh, our, our buddies over at uh, the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing sort of did an episode of Fantasy Booking WrestleMania, and they came up with... Uh, Asuka's undefeated streak versus Ronda Rousey's debut, which I thought was an interesting. You know, you look at women who could potentially compete with Asuka and keep her out of the title picture, and that's certainly one that would be legitimate. Mm -hmm. Speaking of women, um, did you happen to watch Facebook Watch on Tuesday? I did. It wasn't much different than Facebook Live, where my asshole friends shoot pictures of themselves getting drunk and it's weird it's weird yeah weird yeah so the we had the very first episode of the mixed match challenge kickoff on facebook watch thankfully i remember that it was on at nine o'clock because the reminder that i set from from facebook decided not to remind me but uh our first match was Well, it's a good thing because michael cole has never been more excited in 20 years yeah than he was for this event this guy's called wrestlemania Mm -hmm. the royal rumble survivor series he's called championship matches comeback matches you brand new championship uk title tournaments he has never been more excited for anything in 20 years than the mixed match challenge on facebook live oh and let's just blow off the fact that he got his ass handed to him on raw on monday and couldn't continue the show here he is front and center on tuesday (sighs) Right. Yeah, so the Mixed Max Challenge, 
the knickknack paywack give it a bone uh kicked off with sasha banks and finn balor versus shinsuke nakamura and uh, natalia that, that was boss uh, boss club versus team meow uh, I, that's terrible um <laughs> so uh in terms of the presentation it was fine um I'm not a big fan of Facebook Watch because all the fucking little emojis go that go flipping by my fucking screen while I'm yeah. trying to watch wrestling and everything of that. But um, a little added fun to it was that Becky Lynch and Sami yes. Zayn were live tweeting during it. Yes. Or live messaging, I should say. Sami um, said something to the effect of, I'm only here because Becky signed me up for it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Becky obviously throwing out some puns there. Uh, Sami really just playing off the fact that he didn't want to be there, but still kind of adding things to it that was a, the the thing to me that i liked the liked the best about the presentation was mm-hmm. the fact that you had them sitting there and actually messaging during the thing yeah um but yeah so the uh um i like that you had a different voice in the form of beth phoenix and i know some people you know sort of gave her a hard time i thought she was definitely quiet i think she definitely needs to find her volume uh at the broadcast booth but i thought she did add some insight to it uh, and I feel like for her first time out, I think people are being a little hard on her. I think she did an okay job. Fair enough. Um, and I say that as somebody who's been broadcasting in professional wrestling. So uh, yeah. it's not the easiest thing to do. The first time you do it, it takes a while to get used to doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought she she, she made a, a good accounting for herself for her first time out. It's also very difficult with the fact that you have Corey Graves next to you as well. Because he's so dreamy, it's distracting. Um, yeah, well, that. And also the fact that uh, that could be intim- intimidating because he's one of the best in the business. You know, you've got Michael Cole, who's, you know, been there for fucking 30 years or whatever like that at this point. So, yeah. And and he's and never fact, been more excited in the entire time he's been there true. than he was that night. So he was amped up extra. That's true. And, of course, you've got the fact that there's no real storylines going on in the show either. So it's kind of difficult for – it's a difficult position to put her into. But she did fine. Um, in terms of the actual match, um, I've never been a big fan of the mixed tag rules because most of the time it doesn't make a lot of sense because if you, it completely eliminates the hot tag mm-hmm. because when you tag out, you're also taking out, a, you're taking yeah. in a fresh man on the opposite team too. Vince has kind um, of killed the hot tag and regular tag matches too though, so. That's true. I'm not saying it's not true. He doesn't but, want them doing the two-on-one anymore. That's why they do it in NXT, but they, you don't, never right. see them do it in WWE anymore. Yeah. But like I said, you're you're looking at a, at a match where, you know, you, you you could be completely destroying Shinsuke Nakamura, and then as soon as you take out, uh, you know, take in Sasha Banks, you're like, well, now Natalia's got to come in. So all that damage was really for not. But uh, the match itself was fine. Um I, I was enjoying it. Obviously, this was a great way to kick it off when you've got two really good workers, you know, with Shinsuke and Finn. You've got a really good worker with Sasha, and you've got Natalia. Um, <laughs> I I really liked the a couple of spots of this match. Um, Sasha trying to leap onto Natalia, then getting caught by Shinsuke, and him gently putting her down on on the turn on the side was really really good her making fun of him a little bit was really good um the the two sweet that happened between the between finn and sasha and the double drop kick that was a really good spot um the match itself was really crisp right up until natalia blew two of her spots at the end well she's um, natalia that's what she does 
Exactly. She's Italia. That's what she does. Um, that that was that was the point where I'm where I cringed. I was like, I'm like, God damn it, you you fucking idiots. How can you fuck this song? Um, but what did what did you have to think about the the match itself? Uh, watching it, the thing I, I guess the best way I could describe it was it struck me as sort of like uh, a dark match or a house show match where everyone was just kind of out there. You mentioned there weren't really storylines to it. It was just. You know, workers going out there, having fun, and putting on a decent match. Uh, I enjoyed sort of the uh, light atmosphere of it. I thought that was kind of cool. It wasn't overbooked, obviously, because it's not really a storyline-driven thing. Um, I think the watches were significantly less than what they had hoped for. And you got to think in week one, you're probably going to get the most viewers you're going to get. Um I certainly found it interesting enough that I'll probably give it another week. And there are some some sort of pairings that I find intriguing going forward. Uh, I, I enjoyed Nakamura coming out in Jim the Anvil Neidhart's jacket. I thought that was kind of a cool touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all in all, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. And I, it's uh, sort of something that I think gets lost in today's product is that there's not enough things that are just there because they're fun. And this was one of them. Yeah, for sure. Um so obviously we know that uh, um, with with them two winning, uh, they will be facing off. Who who are they face off the winner of here? Hold on, I'm trying to bring up my uh, my brackets here. Nope, can't find it. That Although quickly. I am I'm a little concerned about the fact that uh, you know Finn is on Raw and Shinsuke is on SmackDown because I was told Survivor Series was <laughs> the, the only, only time, time all year that Raw and SmackDown superstars compete in head-to-head action. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Unless but... someone gets the measles. <laughs> That's true. Uh... <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so we got... Uh, um... You know, so now Balor and Banks will face the winner of uh, the Miz and Asuka and Big E and Carmella. And Shinsuke and not Natalia may not be out of this because there is a second chance fan vote in week 11. Um, so anybody that loses in the first two rounds of the, the Mixed Match Challenge can be voted back in. And essentially, you know, you can have them get a, a, a bye week, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so next week we'll see uh, the Miz and Asuka versus Biggie and Carmella, uh, which is a match I'm not uh, 100% looking forward to. I'm really interested in the Strowman Bliss versus Zayn and Lynch match, um, as well as the Rusev Lana Elias Bailey match, just because I think those are kind of two goofy pairs. Um, but a lot of the first round matches, you know, like Jimmy Uso and Naomi. Goldust and Alicia Fox. Who the fuck cares? Well, there's a, uh, <laughs> there's always the added element of you know you seeing husband and wife team up. So there's there is, I guess, something to that. Yeah, I mean Bobby Roode and and Charlotte obviously are not going to lose to Apollo Cruz and Nia Jax, um, but at least I think that they'll put on a good match because Cruz the, the is a good warriors. Yeah, the Robe Warriors. Yeah, uh, Cruz is a really good worker. Nia and Charlotte. I, we haven't really seen all that much, so. But yeah, like I said, for sure, week three is the one I'm looking. Hey, hey. Cruz has been part of a team that's defeated the former tag team champions, the Bar, two weeks in a row. That is true. Don't sell Apollo Cruz short, Troy. That is true. I will say that. Um, and yeah, obviously, this whole thing is for um, 
money going to a charity because the you know a a kayfabe <laughs> predetermined tournament is going to get money to charity, which we get to name a bunch of charities and they get some free publicity out of it probably. But all in all, they've already decided who's going to be getting money out of this. So, but yeah, um, all in all, good. It's I I'm always looking forward to new ways that. We can try to reach different audiences and, you know, you, you throw us up on Facebook like that and you, you might be able to catch a few people and be like, what the fuck is this? And right. uh, they might be able to watch it. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what their reaction is to the numbers, because obviously the numbers of people who are watching it live is not necessarily going to um, indicate the entirety of the amount of people who watched it, because there are people who go back and watch it later, which is what I ended up doing. Right. Um, so I don't know how they gauge those numbers, but it'll be interesting to see how they react sort of to the initial and if that causes any changes to, to the presentation going forward. Yeah. Um, I also, this, this obviously isn't something that costs them a lot of money. So um, I, I don't foresee them. They're obviously not going to abandon it, but we're not, we'll see if we get a second season, you know, second season of this or second tournament of this at some point in time. Really going to depend on on what the return they see on it, but yeah, in in terms of you know of how much this costs them, everybody's already there, right? You know, most of the time, so they're you know they they can just film this anywhere, mm-hmm. and they don't have they obviously they're not paying that much money for production on it because it's just on Facebook Watch. Um, but that does bring us to something that the Rundown Wrestling Podcast holds very dear, and we finally, finally. Got the return of the Seth penalty on Martin Luther uh, King Day. Yeah, <laughs> so go ahead and you know, hey, at least at least it is to Finn Balor and not to Apollo Crews. Uh, well, he did it to Big E in the past on Martin Luther King Day. So, oh, I forgot about that. He did yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so Seth Rollins and Finn Balor uh, really got to to have kind of a showcase against each other. You know, obviously both are really good workers together. Um, but the big surprise was at the end of this, Seth brought back his old finisher, uh, which of course is officially called the curb stomp, but here on the Ronda Rusty podcast, ooh, ooh. we call it the Seth penalty. That's what we call it. But I also found it very interesting that I believe Michael Cole called it the blackout, which is the original name. For right. It. Well, now I'm going to have to look up Seth Rollins and see if what it says. Um, which would make sense because obviously the curb stomp has some really bad connotations to it. And yeah, even, even when he first debuted it back in, um, in his days in NXT, yes, it was the blackout. So obviously a throwback to his, his ring of honor moniker of Tyler Black. So, and yes, it is officially called, renamed the blackout again. So, so very interesting to, to, to see that. Um, I didn't, I did not catch that, that they called it the blackout. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, uh, much better than what he called it when he first joined WWE, which was peace of mind. Because uh, <laughs> Blackout, Blackout is, is far better than peace of well, mind. Well, his ex-girlfriend wanted to name it the Swa Sticker, but... Um, <laughs> or the Final Solution. Yeah, they, they nixed that one. That's yeah. probably, probably for the best. Right, very true. But yeah, so Seth finally has uh, a good finisher again. I apologize for that joke. I feel like an asshole just for making that joke, but no, know. no, it's fine. <laughs> you were just pretending to be me for me for once. Uh, um, but yeah, it was it was nice to see you know Finn yet again kind of kind of beginning a little bit of a spotlight on Raw, 
um, considering that we're we're having him, you know, team up with the club, still sort of wrestling a heel style without going 100% heel on it. Mm. So might be a little bit more of a slow burn there, but for sure he is wrestling a little bit dirtier. Uh, what I'm for one is I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. You know, typically we we look at guys and you know we say, ah, oh, well, you know, they're just turning him heel to, to do something with. But Finn to me, when he was you know Prince Devin and stuff like that, always a better heel in my opinion than a face. So, um, and his his time as a face in WWE has not been great. His time as a face in NXT was really good. But right. in, in terms of WWE, they just could not figure out what to do with him. I think he, it, it'll be interesting to see if they go full heel with him and, and see what he can do, because I think that he'd be better suited for it, at least with how WWE tries to book him. Yeah, I would be curious to see it. I, this match was a tremendous in-ring work, as you would expect from these two. Um, Seth dodging the sling blade and turning it into his own sling blade, I thought was a great uh, callback to the fact that they both sort of use the same move. Um, the thing I found interesting was the way they sort of, and I don't know if they booked the finish this way or if it was just sort of one of those things where the ref screws up and they sort of work it into a storyline, but the whole thing with the frog splash and the ref counting three and then saying it was only two and, um, Finn actually won the match, but Seth, they, they didn't count it. And then there's the distraction from Jason Jordan and then you hit the blackout. And now then you have like the. 10 minutes after after the match is over of Finn just really selling the shit out of the fact that he was like concussed, uh, which almost struck me as the beginning of a, a full-fledged heel turn. Um, but just sort of the way the ending was booked, I found very strange and, and a little weird to, to try to follow what they were thinking there. Yeah. But it's typical WWE booking. What do you expect? Well, no, I mean, I don't think it's typical that they, they have the official count three and then don't call it a, a finish yeah and then go back and show it again on replay which was the part that really made me think maybe it was part of the angle so i don't know what the the goal there is i have no idea anymore because they've they've done it before where they've shown botches and replays and you're just like why are you showing us that right <laughs> so the, yeah the, what was it, the bailey one where her shoulder was up mm-hmm and then they sort of turned that into an angle. So I don't know what the plan is here, if this is part yeah. of the story or if it was an accident that they're going to turn into something. Right. I mean, if you want to get technical about it, you know, Bobby Roode didn't really beat Jinder Mahal because his shoulder did come up during that three count. But nobody wants to see Jinder Mahal as champion anyways. So. Right, right, exactly. So So I think the, that the, will... the two Canadians fighting over the U.S. title. That is funny. Which is ironically the same thing that happened at Wrestle Kingdom with two Canadians fighting over a U.S. title. Very true. Yep. Somehow uh, the Wrestle Kingdom one got a better rating. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I did. I didn't hate the match though. I I, I hated everything about Jinder on this show. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just okay. I didn't find anything redeeming in his his work in this on this show. Were you upset because he didn't bring on a grappling hook and bring on half the set? I would have preferred, you know, some type of utility belt action. <laughs> Fair enough. So with that, I think that it's time. I have another joke I, I'm stopping myself from making. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. No, it's okay. Do it. Now, now I feel like it would fall flat anyway. Do it. No, no, no. All right. So let's find out what's going on in your neck of the woods. We start off with the NWL, the National Wrestling League, and they head over 
to St. Louis. January 19th, the NWO heads heads to the O'Fallon Elks Lodge in O'Fallon, Missouri. Doors open at 6.30, showtime at 7 p.m. Child ticket pricing is not available at ringside seating. There is no exceptions to that rule. In the main event, the spirit of NWL champion Gary J defends against Lionel Hollett. Maverick faces Jack Foster in a no-DQ grudge match. NWL champion Jeremy Wyatt defends against Mike Outlaw. The Mile High Magnum Dak Draper takes on Christian Rose. Thomas Shire faces Royal Blood Jet Royal. And Niles Plock, Everett Connors, and Rashid Ali take on the besties in the world and Javi Torres in a six-man tag team action. Get your tickets at nwleague.com. Saturday, January 20th, Midwest Entertainment Wrestling is bringing live old-school professional wrestling to the Hutch, Hutchinson, Kansas. The Mangler will have his hands full as he takes on ECW original The Kingpin Angel Medina in a street fight for the NWA NWE Heavyweight Championship. Christian Temple will be making his return as well after being attacked by the Mangler and on the Mount Hope show. Also scheduled to appear the Honky Tonk Kid, Midnight Rose, Bennett James, Kit Reaver, The Cody Wilson, Courtesy, Killer Carl, and many more of your favorite wrestlers that bring you the old school wrestling you have been craving on a monthly basis. Doors open at 6 p.m. The show starts at 7 p.m. Shaken or stirred bartending will be in the house. And all of this will take place at Main Street Event. Tickets available at WMWEProWrestling.com. And January 20th, Bruce City Wrestling presents A Night for Mike, a benefit show to help raise money for Mike Drought. He was in the ICU for several weeks and now going through PT, OT, and speech therapy. The bills are mounting up for him and his wife, Kelly. So his friends at Bruce City Wrestling will be giving 100% of the gate and raffle to Mike and his family to help pay for some of those bills. It will be at Good Shepherd's Evangelical Lutheran School Gymnasium in West Dallas, Wisconsin. Bell time is 7 p.m. Doors open at 6.15. Tickets are $50 adults and $10 kids 10 and under. There will be food, beverages served, plus a huge raffle and silent auction. And again, all the proceeds go to help Mike Drought. Which is funny, uh, which is a great cause, and, and I'm happy to see them reaching out. I thought you said Mike Trout, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that dude can take care of his own expenses. That's true. That's true. Um, so it's, it's Mike all... Drought with a D. Just yeah. Anybody who got the same mistake I did. Right. Yeah. Tickets Plus, are also available. And, and kids are allowed front row at this show, right? Yes, they are. Okay. Yeah. This one will be a little more family friendly than than other shows. Um, you can also head over to Chiropractic and Wellness Group to for tickets there. Already signed the women's tag team match. Evil Sierra and the Midwest Slayer Stacey Shadows take on Vanessa Azor and Lena DeOro. Uh, that's the only thing signed. There will be definitely be other matches. Make sure to, to stay tuned for BrewCityWrestling1.com for more information. Now, I've joked about it before, but it, it, it's a Bruce City Wrestling show, so if you're having four women in a match, these are the four women you're having in a match because these four women... <laughs> Are the only four women that are in the company. I think so. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Because they're four great women. Yes, great talent, very talented women. Yes. Um, I already see your cursor down there, so I'm going to be t- making sure I watch over that. The NWL, the National Wrestling League, heads to Kansas City. And the NWL will be live at the Turner Rec Center in Kansas City, Kansas, January 27th. Doors open at 6.30. Show at 7. Child ticket pricing is not available at, re- available at ringside. Again, no exceptions. Stop asking about it. <laughs> You're... Your main event is a six-pack challenge as Bolt Brady, Niles Plunk, and Lionel Howlett take on Mike Outlaw, Royal Blood Jet Royal, and Davey Vega. 
Michael Strider takes on Matt Fitchett. Everett Connors will be live in concert. Thor, Ter- Thor Terrio will face ACH, former ROH star. Jack Foster will take on Maddox. No, not that guy. Maverick will face Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez. And Marty Bell will face Hudson Ivy. What the fuck is that one? What? All right. That's, that's, I, I'll give you that. That's decent. Uh, <laughs> and ICW Rated R Wrestling returns to the La Pinka Lounge. Yes. Wisconsin. Jenny. Yes. That's right. Doors open at 2.30 p.m. Bell time is 3 p.m. All tickets are $15. All four titles are on the line in this one. Again, this is Rated R Wrestling. Do not bring your kids to it, or they will get bled on. It's the New Year's New Year's Battlefield. ICW World Title will be on the line in a fatal four-way match as Jet Joey Avalon takes on the Greek franchise GQ Giannis, Ice Pick Vic Capri, and the last real man, Silas Young, and his glorious mustache. And, and, ice- and, and hold on. Last yep. real man, Silas Young, current Ring of Honor television champion, mm-hmm. who is now part of a stable... With the Beer City Bruiser and our friend, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Look at that. Yes, it all ties together, man. That's right. Small world. Um, I might be too drunk to read this next one, but the ICW Tag Team title will be on the line in a rematch as No Man Movement with Meat Man. I did that wrong. <laughs> Takes on Evil Shadows 2.0, Stacey Shadows, and Evil Sierra. The ICW Alternative Championship will be on the line as dysfunction. It's on a pole match, actually. Yep. We'll take on Bobby V and his South Side Street Fight. Oh, Bobby V, like uh, former manager of the Mets and the Red Sox? Sure. Also side, high-class villains Mo Foley will t- with Rocky King will take on Pitstain. Riot starter Vinny Rotter takes on Andy- angry shooter Scott Marciano. The ICW Midwest title will be on line as Jacob Hoffman defends against the fabled one Aesop Mitchell. Hot Topic Taylor Baggins will take on Jay Cash. AC Riley takes on Garrison Creed. Dana Adiva makes her ICW debut. Plus, TW3, Blackwell, and Cato, Straight Hatred, Pitbull, Zach McGowan, and more will all it's be... McGuire. You say McGowan every time. Why do I say McGowan? That's weird. Pitbull, Zach McGuire. Is it Zach Gowan you're thinking of? Is that yes, why? it is. That's what it is. Yeah. So I think this yeah. guy has both legs. Okay. I mean, I can't, I can't be sure, but sure. <laughs> Jason, what's going on over there? Uh, well, Liberty States Wrestling presents Winter Warfare on Saturday evening, February 3rd, from the John McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. So far, the card shakes out like this. The main event for the Liberty States Heavyweight Championship match, Brick Mastone defends against the former champion, Christian Casanova. For the Liberty States No Limits Championship, which is a sliding scale, Nico Silva defends against former champion Todd Sopel. In a singles match, Setherin with Vanity Vixen takes on Nick Westgate. We have retro Anthony Green versus Brett Domino. Uh, also appearing the 2017 Opportunity Knox contract holder, the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, Danny Miles, Fabulous Johnny Vegas, Chris James, D.L. Hurst, and many more. Tickets are $10, general admission. Doors open at 6.30 p.m., and the show starts at 7. All right, and the NWL, the National Wrestling League, is heading to Joplin, Missouri, February 3rd, 2018, at the Joplin Memorial Hall. Doors open at 6.30, showtime is 7.00. Child ticket pricing is not available at ringside. Seriously. 
The NWL Championship will be on the line as, maybe, current champion Jeremy Wyatt will face the mile-high magnum Dak Draper. The NWL Tag Team Champions, The Foundation, Ace Steel, and Michael Strider will defend against Friendship Team 9000, Jet Royal, and Sharkbait. Gary J defends his Spirit of the NWL title against Lionel Howlett. Again. Maverick takes on Jack Foster. Evan Connors takes on Thor Terrio. And Niles Plock will face Flex Zerba in a grudge match. Go to nwleague.com for more information. Yes? Nothing. All right. Do you have an issue with Flex Zerba? No, it's just an interesting name. Well, I was I was 100% sure I was going to call him Flex Zebra, so I was happy well, that I got it right. And Bruce City Wrestling brings the aftermath. As we start a new chapter on Saturday, February 17th, we'll be moved to a new, bigger venue that is also on the bus line in Waukesha, Wisconsin. To the Elks Lodge! Suck it, motherfucker! <laughs> Bell time is 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45. Why is the Elks Lodge going to suck it, motherfucker? Because you got your Elks on fire all the time. Oh, Tickets are $20. That's not even how you say it, though. Yeah, well. Elks! Well, we're up here. It's Bruce City Wrestling, so I'm going to say we're we're drunk elves. Uh, bell time is 7.30. Doors up at 6.45. Tickets are $20 reserved ringside. $60 advance pre-sale on BruceCityWrestling1.com. And $2 at the door. We will have a special meet and greet with WWE legend, the Native American Tatanka, and wrestling legend Kevin Sullivan. At 6.15 p.m., cost of that is $10, and all ages are welcome. Is that why you asked me about Tatanka earlier? Yes, it's on my mind. Uh, uh, already signed Bruce City Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship match as Max Holiday defends against Tokyo Monster Kahagas. WWE legend, the Native American Tatanka, will take on... Ba- oh, you bitch. <laughs> I don't know what his real name is. <laughs> uh, we'll take on Mitch Blake. <laughs> and special guest wrestling legend, Kevin Sullivan. Rage, Mitch Blake. Thank you. <laughs> You fucker. I don't remember ever what, he's, what his nicknames, man. You can't do that shit to me. Uh, BruceCityWrestling1.com for more information. Also, check them out on Twitter at BCW1 and Facebook, Facebook.com slash BruceCityWrestling1. Uh, break out your tux and your fancy dress because Lucky Pro Wrestling presents Homecoming on Saturday, February 24th at the Elks Hall, 128 School Street in Clinton, Massachusetts. Tickets for this event are just $15 or a four-pack for $50 which is a hell of a deal. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. with a special champion photo op with the fans in the ring before the event. There is no added fee for this photo. The live wrestling will start at 7.30 p.m. And that live wrestling will feature the LPW Heavyweight Championship, the selfie-made man Vern Vicalo with Jillian Lee takes on Kenny Dykstra of the WWE's Spirit Squad. The LPW Women's Championship will be on the line as Adira faces Rosalie. Uh, special challenge match, Davian versus Alicia Edwards, the knockout from Impact Wrestling. Sweatboy Christopher James with Danica takes on Todd Sopel. The Aristocrats, Tomahawk and Zachary Pierre Ballou will take on Anthony Stone. And the Riot, Kellen Thomas, LPW Tag Team Champions, The Heat, Ilya Markopoulos and Christian Casanova take on Anthony Green and Scotty Slade, the horsemen of LPW. The LPW Hard Knocks Championship will be on the line as Brickmass Stone. Uh, I'm sorry, the LPW Hard Knocks Champion Brickmass Stone will be in a house as well as Fabulous Johnny Vegas and many, many more. 
plus the return of the champions photo op we discussed earlier. Tickets are on sale at one at the one stop shop in January, which it is currently January. So you can go to luckyprowrestling.com for more information. Uh, when <laughs> what the fuck is that? This is Adam. This is the, okay, ladies and gentlemen. This is the way Adam wrote this read for us to say. When in looking for holiday shopping in the Clinton Mass area, please visit One Stop Shop, 10 High Street, that's apropos, uh, Clinton Mass, and then the zip code, which nobody needs. Uh, also, we're past the holidays. Like, what holiday are you shopping fucking for? Fucking Valentine's Day, man. They have that? Okay. Also, I did check it out. You do not have to type .html into that in order to get to that, <laughs> that part. That's why I didn't you say it. You can leave that part off and still get to the same area. That's why I didn't say it. Yeah, that's, that's no that's mm-hmm. things that happen. Uh, UFO wrestling returns to Malden once again for February vacation. Tickets just twelve dollars can be purchased at the door, or you can reserve front row seats by purchasing your tickets at PayPal.me/slash/PatrickDillon using the friends and family feature. There is plenty of free parking. It is handicapped accessible. Doors are open at seven p.m. UFC, Bellator, World Series of Fighting, and current CES MMA fighter John Doomsday Howard will be doing a meet-and-greet on behalf of 666 Fightwear. All meet-and-greet fans will need a paid admission ticket to take advantage of the meet-and-greet. $30 gets you your ticket, a XXX Fightwear t-shirt, one autograph, and one photo op with your own camera. I'm sorry, did you say XXX? That's what it says. It says XXX. That's what I said. I said XXX, didn't I? You said XXX. Oh. We know what's on your mind. Yeah, why not? Uh, $50 gets you a front row seat, a t-shirt, and one autograph, and one photo op again with your own personal camera. So far, announced matches for the card include the main event as the UFO heavyweight champion, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, teams up with the UFO tag team champions, the cool people, while they take on the team of Picture Perfect, the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, Perfect Dan Terry, and their partner for the evening, the international male, Aaron Amadeus. The dynasty, Bo Douglas, defends the UFO United States Championship against the professional Channing Thomas. The heavenly bodies take on the team of Falaba and Makua. The mosh pit matchup will take place featuring Slam Dance, Tim Lennox, Sully Banger, and several more competitors to be named in the future. Belmont will be in the house taking on Jocelyn. Davian takes on Casey Carlisle. Benny Jux versus Ovid Connor Davies. And so, so much more. That is February vacation, February 28th in Malden. Once again, check out UFO Wrestling on Facebook for more information. That's not how you spell Jocelyn, by the way. That's how she spells it. That does it for the rundown for this Thursday, January 18th. It has been... One fucking day since Impact continued to throw titles at known piece of shit Austin Aries. <laughs> Wasn't that last Thursday, though? I think that happened while we were recording, didn't it? Technically, it's it's one day due and, to the tape delay. Well, but it hasn't so. air. It won't air till tomorrow. Right. So it's one. So day. It's, it's been, one day until Impact continues. Oh, to throw I'm sorry. Titles. It's been like. But depending on when you listen to this, either a couple Fair. hours until or an hour afterwards, they throw another title at known piece of shit. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Follow us or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundown wrestling. Email the show rundown wrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967 at 61-RUNDOWN-7. Yeah, let's up those voicemails, folks. Come on, Smathers. I'm looking at you, buddy. Yeah, you know, you can 
we don't we don't talk about much anymore. You can you can send us a, a voicemail about anything and we'll play it because right. we're that desperate. <laughs> we love attention. Uh, that's right. So validate so us, damn it. So desperate, of course, that we do have a Patreon. So be like Mike Smathers and John Venerick and head over to patreon.com slash run on wrestling to become a patron. Currently, there's just one reward level, the Rundowner, which for $5 a month grants you one patron-only episode, and I mean only one so far, because we are working on getting some more up there. We owe you guys. I understand. We're sorry. Don't sue us. We've had a Don't. lot of illnesses and holidays and scheduling issues, and we're That's working right. on it. And we have a severe lack of ideas from anyone not on the regular rotation of the rundown. Yeah. Um, we, I, I get a lot of, oh, I got this idea. But I'm not going to help you. <laughs> it doesn't happen. So uh, Right. Right. But we're, but I'm, we're working I'm, on something. Yeah, I'm hoping to at least put out a solo episode for you guys um, on on something, just because we're, it's we're having a little trouble even getting people on this show. So trying to get people, and everyone is doing each other's podcasts right now too. So what if times we do a little... an all nude episode for a Patreon only? Do we have to have cameras for that? I, I'm you know I'm game either way. Right, well, you'll just 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 make sure that you have your your volume turned up very high so you can hear my bare scrotum scrape against the floor. It's the swinging dicks club up in here. That's right. Uh, check out the Slasher Sanitarium if you're a fan of horror. I do intend to. Return to the Sasha Sanitarium soon. I've just been really fucking tired. That's what happens when you have a child. Or two. Listen to our friends at Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing. With new podcasts every Monday. Facebook.com slash the WPAN or the WPAN.com for more and, information. Uh, just as a quick plug uh, for them, too. They also, a couple episodes back, uh, had an interview, I believe the last podcast interview with Warbeard Hansen before he left for WWE. So cool. Listen to go check that out. Awesome. Awesome. Make sure to also check out our new friend Justin Michaels and his show Yesterlin Waltz on Tough TV in primetime. Subscribe to the Wrestling to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear all your favorite shows. The NXT Revisited, Returning Shoe, soon. The Rundown Sit Down, if you haven't listened to the Big Bacon Brett Hollister on that, you definitely should. WrestleMania Salvation, which just had... Did they have a special guest on the last episode? No, no. Last episode was Sal reviewing potentially oh, the right. worst yep. WrestleMania ever in WrestleMania 9. That's right. That's uh, right. And I am working currently on securing a very special guest for the next edition of the Rundown Sit-Down. A uh, bit of a surprise, somebody who's a little bit more well-known nationally than some of my previous guests. So uh, it'll be interesting if, it, if I can pull it off. There we go. And we do know that uh, Sal will be having a guest on the next episode of WrestleMania Salvation. Adam will be joining him for the next, he announced this week, uh, for the next edition of WrestleMania Salvation, which is ironic because Sal will also be the next guest on the Nitro Mania podcast. There you go. For the Uncensored episode. See, we're talking about everybody's doing crossovers. Yeah. So it's hard to coordinate between all of our normal shows, all of our crossover shows, and then all these other things that we got going on, you know, hashtag real life. Uh, so we're going to get those Patreon episodes. We, we definitely were like a few deep. We're going to, maybe we'll pick a night and we'll record like three of them. There you go. And we will have the conclusion of glow stick very soon. But so thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Jason, my co-host. Thanks, Rick. Thanks to Ray Williams for our 2017 logo. Again, taking submissions for 2018. So far we have zero submissions. I, that's not true. I sent you a dick pic. That's true. That's true. But I don't think that iTunes would like that very much. It's, it's long enough you can put the rundown right across it. So That's true. Action. <clears throat> That's true. 
And again, thanks to Jason for our theme song. And next week, we bring you the second week of the Mixed Match Challenge, as well as... Raw 25, brother! Yeah, more Raw 25. As well as... Is next week Royal Rumble predictions, too? Or do we have a week in between? We have another week before that. Okay. Yeah, because Rumble is what, the 29th, 28th? Sounds right. Yeah, so no, actually, yeah, next week would be our our Rumble predictions. So look at that. Okay. So yeah, tune tune in next week to listen to us wildly speculate on who could potentially be in the Rumble and who could win it. Okay, I see what you did here with the postscript, and that's just not happening. (laughs) What? No. What? No. That's his name. No. Not gonna happen. I verified that was a stamp. <laughs> well, then you can read that fucking postscript and run with that. That's fine. You want me to read it right now? Go ahead. I'll read it right now. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned by Adam Seltzer and is produced and edited by Jason Stewart. This episode was hosted by Jason Stewart and Troy Bozen. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all of our shows, including the other wrestling shows like the Raw Titty Podcast with Henry Spleechflex, the Man Meat Jerking Human Sperm Bank, and the New Blood Rising Podcast. Horror podcast and slash sedentarium and slash and his Shadowbane podcast, as well as the rest of our shows, Taco Tuesday, Words of Geekdom, Pwn Stars, Reanimated Podcast, and Nerd Control at questionnetwork.com. And tune in next week for an all new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, and for whoever wrote this fucking thing before, if you write Nerd CTLR, I'm going to say Nerd CTLR. If you want me to say Nerd Control, write Nerd fucking Control. So I apologize to the fine people at Nerd Control for the mispronunciation of the name of your show. Not my fault. I just work with the material I'm provided. Except this material, because that's why I let Troy do it this week, because I wasn't reading that. I mean, I'm just saying that's his name. But it's less editing, because now I don't have to add that at the end of the show. So, All right. <laughs> so thank you again for listening, and make sure to join us next week. Lots going on. And now you're editing again. So how about we'll just, we'll just wrap it up. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye-bye.